have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? This week, we're talking about fans of Reboot. and welcome back to Phanthropological. It's the beginning of Season 7. I'm Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about a fandom that only 90s kids will understand. Reboot. <laughs> oh my goodness. And here with me to talk about that lost Canadian treasure are my two best friends, Nick T. I come from the Nick's cast through conventions, people, and cities to this place, Phanthropological. My format, co-host, to state and investigate. To learn about my newfound friends, their hopes and dreams. To defend them from their enemies. They say the chat lives outside the podcast and inputs text for pleasure. No one knows for sure, but I intend to find out. And Nick Z? That's right, it's me, Nick the Z. <laughs> you can tune into this podcast right now for the low, low price of 99 99 <laughs> <laughs> it's a bucket of nothing annoy your friends and use enemies oh. I'm the third guy what's his name courage not enough of it <laughs> uh, I'd forgotten before we started the podcast that I actually like have a bunch of random 3d printed crap that I haven't finished such as glitch yeah glitch there's, uh, there's v2 here and then v1 is back on the shelf ooh from later seasons or this is from later seasons the other one's from early seasons do you happen to have gun <laughs> like which i just learned like right like doing the research for this episode you mean like enzo's gun yes no because <laughs> carried a weapon named gun <laughs> grim dark 90s yeah, it was kind of like Got no time it was kind of like that for for enzo or Matrix, that was his name. That's right. Oh my goodness. The original Matrix. The original Matrix. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like take this train, gonna get it back on the track, and I pick it up, gonna Superman just gently rest it down on the railroad track. Facts. As G mentioned, as we've been rambling on about this week, we are talking about reboot, the fandom, fans, all that jazz. In case you did not know what Reboot is, Wikipedia has got you covered. And let me just help you out by getting the Wikipedia for you. Just serve it up to you on a little plate. You can call me Cecil. Ooh, hey. This is going to be full of references, guys. <laughs> Reboot is a Canadian CGI animated action-adventure television series that originally aired from 1994 to 2001. It was produced by Vancouver-based production company Mainframe Entertainment, Alliant Communications, and BLT Productions. The series follows the adventures of a guardian named Bob and his companions Enzo and Dot Matrix, as they work to keep the computer system of Mainframe safe from the viruses known as Megabyte and Hexadecimal. It was the world's first ever half-hour completely computer-animated television series. Skipping ahead a little bit, a reimagined live-action CG animated series, Reboot The Guardian Code, was announced in 2015 and is slated to premiere on Netflix worldwide, excluding Canada, on March 30th, 2018. You should be enjoying it already. Yeah. 
YTV will later broadcast the series sometime in June 2018. Why a Canadian show is being aired on a Canadian network after the rest of the world has seen it makes <laughs> almost no sense to me. Just sign up for YTV streaming service. Does it, does it have one? I assume that it does not. For those of you <laughs> not in Canada, YTV is youth television? Is that still what it is? Probably. I don't think it's changed. Well, maybe not. I imagine that if they do have a streaming service, whenever you make it uh, full screen, it's still got a border around it, but the border is just snit. The TV covered in gum or whatever. <laughs> I mean, if I were a marketing exec, if I were to rebrand it, I would change it to your television. Oh. A couple more facts about YTV, because I think this might be like the most appropriate place to get those in. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's like, you know, a lot of this was our growing up. This is where we got a lot of our cartoons from. Yeah. yeah. So, according to Wikipedia, the YTV moniker was originally thought by some viewers to be an abbreviation for youth television. However, the channel's website has denied this. Oh. Despite the fact that the network originally burned itself as a youth network at launch. And uh, I just, just one more thing. I would like to take you through the history of the slogans of YTV. <laughs> 1988 to 1991, where learning is powered by imagination. 1991 to 1998, you rule. Oh, man. 1998 to 2007, any guesses? Keep it weird. Keep it weird. That one was easy. <laughs> All right. Did they move to Portland for that one? <laughs> Or Austin. Ooh. 2007 to 2014. Whoa! <laughs> they, got, they got Christopher Walken in on that one. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it's... <laughs> they just kept dropping words from <laughs> until they got to whoa. Well, then it'll just be, ah! <laughs> and it'll be the 24 hours, 7 days a week, ah, Real Monsters channel. Ooh, that's right. Good old Nick at night. <laughs> Shame we didn't grow up watching Nickelodeon. <laughs> like actually Nickelodeon as opposed to just... Well, like just the, the jokes. Yeah. You know. It'd be all over that. Give us your best Nick's cast Nickelodeon jokes. Nick at nickcast.com. <laughs> I looked into some search data. Fortunately, because the show aired until 2001, there was actually quite a bit of buzz still around Reboot, in so much as it was a small Canadian TV show that no one knows about. <laughs> so Google Trends data goes back to 2004. Interest in the show has actually been mostly flat or arguably on a very slow decline, like really, really slow. So actually flat, more or less. There have been some spikes in interest around different times. July 2007, likely due to the announcement of a potential trilogy of films that never happened. Oh May 2008, which coincides with the countdown to, at the time, a question mark, but later was revealed as the launch of a webcomic, which then became a physical, like an actual comic release called Code of Honor. December 2010, possibly due to the rights being acquired for a full DVD release by, uh, I think, Shout Factory is the company. Because mm -hmm. there had been other seasons released, but never the entirety of it. Uh, and February 2018, which, as far as I can tell, is the announcement of Reboot the Guardian Code, which finally had a release date because it had been talked about for a while. Also included in the search volume, I have some interest by country. Can any of you guess what country loves Reboot the most? Singapore. 
Okay, see? Canada. Gee, you are part of Team Wrong this week. <laughs> Singapore is number 10. Yeah? Ah. On the list. Canada at number one. Oh, yeah. Interesting to me this time, though. Looking at the differences in interest, Canada is number one. Not super surprising. Canadian show. Yep. But there's a huge difference in interest between number one and number two. Canada's like 100, because that's how all the top places are. Second place, mm-hmm. 47. There's literally like half as much interest between first and second place. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Canada, Philippines, South Africa, Kenya, United States, Pakistan, New Zealand, Croatia, Puerto Rico, and Singapore. Huh. I don't know what's up with that, but hey, that's what we got. What did you search for? Yeah. So Google Trends, you can enter just a random search term, or if it happens to have a topic, you can pick that as a topic. Ah, okay. So I went with Reboot the Animated Series. Because what was great about doing the research for this is that it's super easy to Google. (laughs) Okay. Like, Reboot, The Guardian Code, Rainmaker Studios, which either acquired or is now mainframe entertainment. Like, good on you. You're like, let's make a new show. We're going to call it Reboot. And we're going to give it a subtitle so you can actually find things about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you search for it in the 90s, that's all you'd find. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it has now come to mean another thing. Reboot cartoon. It's like, when are they going to reboot these cartoons? Thanks, nobody. <laughs> yeah. Reboot animated series. Same problem. Reboot Canadian cartoon. Still no help. Everyone was stumbling over themselves to be like, the reboot of reboot. All right. <laughs> I was definitely on that train. Yeah. It was... It's the title of every article that was about the new reboot series. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. I tried to dig up some information about the size of fandom. Suffice to say, there's not really a lot of data to do that. I found out that the IMDb for reboot has about 4,000 ratings. And the reboot subreddit, surprisingly to me, has 1,600 subscribers. That's some. So maybe tens of thousands of fans. Like, I always overestimate because there's always more fans than you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an iceberg situation. Don't forget 90s kids. Yeah, 90s kids. <laughs> 90s Canadian kids. Or yeah. Kenyan kids. Or Filipino kids. <laughs> and I did manage to collect some other fan facts. Fast facts? Fan facts fast. Fan fast <laughs> facts. Say that five times fast. <laughs> About Reboot. Reboot has about 90 fan works on Archive of Our Own. Not that many, so I didn't bother digging up any of the tags or any of that other additional stuff. Here's a question out to the two of you, yeah, or to anyone in the chat. What famous television star was featured as a voice on an episode of Reboot? There's probably multiple answers to this. Jay Baruchel. Oh man, now I have to look that up. Using context mainly. I mean, Jay Baruchel was on My Hometown. He was on Popular Mechanics for Kids. Oh, that one too, yeah. David Duchovny. David Duchovny. Z, you are surprisingly close. So there is an episode. Um, it makes an allusion to a X-Files episode. I can't remember. It is not David Duchovny. The character who played the Mulder equivalent in that episode is Scott McNeil. Oh. But for some reason... 
Data Nully, I think is her name. Yep. <laughs> was voiced by Jillian Anderson. Oh, man. Amazing. I don't know if David Duchovny had better things going on. Like, what? Is Jillian Anderson Canadian? Four. No, wait, aren't they both? I have no idea. I'm bad at this. I don't think either of them are. Maybe she was just in the neighborhood filming something in Vancouver. Probably busy doing Twin Peaks. In the 90s? Nah. In 91. 91, 92. But like, he wasn't in Firewalk with me. He was only really in the second season. Mm. All right. So that would have been a little afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I wasn't in it, but Jillian Anderson was. So now we've got to cross over to (laughs) X-Files. That is one that we do need to do. I was surprised that we hadn't. Uh, X-Files was filmed in Vancouver, so that would Uh, probably explain it. Okay. Yeah. Other fun fact, the show only had four seasons, which was 48 episodes, and the delay of the third and fourth seasons was partly because of mainframe entertainment's work on other TV shows that they did at the time. You might remember shows like, uh, what is it, Weirdos, Beast Wars, or Beast Beasties? Yes. Yeah, whatever part of the world mm-hmm. you're in. Beast Planet, or Sh- Shadow Planet, Shadow Wars? Crap. Hmm. One with the planet that kept eating things. Wasn't Transformers. Stay away from that planet. Totally don't remember that. <sighs> Shadow Wars? We're all losing 90s kid cred as we speak. That's right. Shadow Planet? <laughs> Talked about orbits a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Should establish some cred. Yeah. All right. I only have one other fact. Over 30 different established computer games were featured throughout the series. That's this? I mean, in terms of games, there may have been other properties that were referenced, and there were many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet King's Quest or Space Quest is probably somewhere in there. There's definitely some D&D-esque stuff, but I don't know if that would have been King's Quest or not. Yeah. I should watch through it now. I'll probably get a lot of references <laughs> I didn't get. I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I may, I'd like to throw in some facts. Go for it. Of my own. Alternative facts? Totally made up on the spot. Well, I mean, I really feel these facts are true. Oh, boy. <laughs> Coming from fanlore.org, they noted that uh, in the UK, a network called CITV began to air reboot in the mid-90s, but they never aired the last season, and they didn't air the last seven episodes of season three. Wait, what? Why? Yeah, for some reason, they didn't give the reason on fanlore, and I did not follow it up, but <laughs> it's the kind of journalistic integrity you... Uh, you can get here, folks. Also, also on the topic of uh, the size of the fandom, I don't have any hard numbers, but Fanlore itself does designate the reboot fandom as a micro-fandom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Fandom in which there is fanish interest beyond a single fan, which seems to check out, <laughs> and about 5 to 50 fan works. I think you said there were something like 80 or 90 fan works on the archive of our own, so seems to fit the bill pretty tidily. I didn't see any on fanfiction.net, but I didn't look mm. super hard, and I know that Fanlore and some other site referenced older websites that are no longer in existence. Hmm. Yeah, or like 
fanfic events. Like, I think that's what they are. Like, Yuletide and small fandom fests, etc., etc. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I did some digging, and I know that there were fan works at some point, but maybe there aren't now. Kind of like existed and now it's gone. I don't Could know. Lost. The name of the show that I couldn't find the name of, Shadow Raiders. Shadow okay. Raiders. <laughs> if you guys don't remember that, then hey, let's just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yeah, I really don't. Moving yeah. up. Wait, did they do that in my I did, however, even though I didn't follow up on some things, I did follow up on other things, like the various uh, sites that Fanlore pointed to. And although more than the majority were no longer working, the few that were seemed to really say a lot about the why, but we're not quite there yet, so I'm just going to leave that as a little teaser. Okay. Well, we can take a detour and visit some famous last words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, since Z just said some things, let's go to G. All right. Your famous last words from last episode, from last season, way, way back in the past, were how much non-nostalgic interest is there in the series? Okay. Based on what I found, I can answer that question pretty succinctly. (laughs) Enough for someone to cruise by the subreddit and post a thread entitled, I never watched the original, but I feel really bad for you guys. (laughs) I guess this is related to like the Guardian Code trailer. There are a few threads in the subreddit. (laughs) About the debatable quality of the trailer. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I enjoyed that someone who had never watched the original came by to post that thread. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find a lot of people excited about it. He didn't uh, grow up with it. There's another thread that I found. The show is funny to watch after playing modern PC games in 2017. <laughs> Submitted by deleted. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, um, nice, but nice. no, not not a lot. I mean, if you look at the at the size of the fandom, the micro fandom as it is, I don't know if it's been doing much to garner new people other than you know word of mouth. And unfortunately, we now have a more powerful advertising distribution service than word of mouth. Yeah. All right. Let's go to my famous last words then. All right. Is there a reboot fan convention? My also succinct answer. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like I looked, yeah. I, I started scouring around the web and again, it's hard to do this because of how poorly named when people made things 20 years ago, they didn't think about people Googling them because Googling them wasn't a thing. People were ray tracing things. Yeah. Or whatever. Ray Tracer, a character in the show, was named after a search engine? Yeah, my head just exploded when I read that there was a character in the show named Ray Tracer. I knew Ray Tracer <laughs> the character, but not that there was a search engine of the same name. Well, So I was like, yeah. what? He was a web surfer, <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> An Australian web surfer. Whoa. Anyway, I couldn't find any convention, fan fest, uh, gathering. I looked in, like, trying Vancouver-specific stuff. Nothing. I did, however, found a picture which I immediately recognized as being at Anime North. Oh, hey. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, not- like a group 
photo shoot. Kind yeah, of thing. it's a group photo, and it's in front of like a beige background. I'm like, that's in front of the Delta. <laughs> <laughs> and then my like, lo and behold, I go to visit the page in the image search, and it's like, this was taken at Anime North 2014, and it's like, called it. <laughs> yeah, you visit a place long enough, you get to know those beige walls. Yep. I'm going to be pretty familiar with photos from Katsukon or MAGFest now. <laughs> but I won't be able to tell which is which. Distinguish those beige walls. <laughs> In the glorious ballroom. But I couldn't find any reboot fan convention. Which again, not super surprising. But that does however leave Z's famous last words. Yes. Which were... <laughs> Is there another country where Reboot was and is popular? I have some theories, but I want to hear what Z found. Well, I did not realize that uh, Google Trends allowed the whole topic thing. When I was using it, when I was searching it, I found, I saw those bottom left corners. Where I was like, you know, this topic, that topic. And I was like, okay, that's, that's nice, I guess, but it's not exactly what I'm looking for. So I did not come across any of that. I, I instead resorted to the time-tested uh, route of making a question like, why are you a fan of this thing? Or why do you like this thing? Oh, you foolish fool. Pasting, pasting that into Google Translate. Oh, wow. And then using those results in what I thought were languages that kind of covered the gambit, but embarrassingly did not. So I tried Arabic, I tried French, I tried German, I tried Japanese tried Chinese, tried Korean. I didn't try any African languages, which now make me feel like, ugh, probably could have found something. Kenya? Come on. It's two African countries in the top ten. Yeah. What phrase did you translate? I tried, why are you a fan of reboot? Sometimes I would throw in animated series. Sometimes I would throw in CGI series. Ah. Sometimes uh, just reboot. <laughs> But the closest thing that I found to a foreign language being interested, foreign language speaking country being interested in Reboot, was that a little country, very uh, not not too notable these days, kind of quieted down since the 70s, uh, right in our own backyard, Quebec. <laughs> Sorry, I was just parsing what you said. <laughs> did say country right yeah yeah okay just yeah keep going just just go just go just go (laughs) however as far as i can tell the fandom there isn't much bigger than it is uh elsewhere in canada i found a facebook page with 141 likes those likes might mean nothing might mean something but that was of note because i discovered that Part of the reason, along with reboot, now meaning, you know, to turn off your computer so that it boots right back up again, um, it's possible that other languages have other words for the show. Like in French, it is megaboog or megabog. M E with a accent, uh, a Q over it. G A B O G U E S. So. There's that little bit of trivia, but otherwise, I gotta say that no, there is not another country where it was as popular, or was popular and still is. Speaking entirely from a guessing place, Kenya and uh, the Philippines and 
perhaps other countries on that list that are not the United States or in Western Europe, I would guess probably got it from like some sort of maybe pirated copies or maybe mainframe like sent it out BBC style to various outposts and they got it or maybe a TV show that's entirely CGI animated about the people living in your computer really appeals to like dictators I mean when I hear Kenya I don't think it's true but I'm thinking probably more of the Congo so yeah my knowledge of geography and world politics are wanting although my my knowledge of nerdy 90s kids stuff clearly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna quiet down now oh boy I'm surprised that the United States didn't even come up because the first two seasons of reboot were aired on on ABC yeah like there's a there's a scene in Enzo's birthday which I think is the name of the episode where there's like a dancing YTV mascot in the background they had to yep. replace that because the YTV doesn't mean anything <laughs> to Americans yeah. and there's a later scene at the end of I'm assuming it must be the second season where Megabyte starts a war after they're fighting the web creatures and the ABCs betray everybody yeah. uh, do i remember what the abcs are no but like they're supposed to be the abc like the network yep i don't know man yeah they were not <laughs> super happy with the involvement of uh, abc oh there's lots of fun yeah. stuff about censorship but we're gonna come into that in a second <laughs> <laughs> oh yes oh yes and by a second i mean hey why are people fans of Reboot? Why are people fans of this tiny little show that nobody clearly watched? Except for me. <laughs> and maybe you guys. <laughs> totally me. Oh, man. I even remember the little 3D animated bumpers that would come on YTV sometimes, just out of the blue. The ones that have nothing to do? Like, the, just the animated things? Yeah, the shorts. Yeah. Oh, the Mind's Eye ones? Yeah. 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 I remember the one that was, like, an orchestra or oh band, that was like, the best one yes okay just before we get to the why one thing that i find really fascinating about any of this so we talked a little bit of facts we talked about some things that we'd investigated around the fandom about non-nostalgic interest around other countries around fan conventions reboot was the first cgi animated show mm-hmm. this was at a time when mainframe entertainment had done like the money for nothing video by the dire straits (laughs) oh man oh yeah really low frame rate poorly animated but iconic you know novel yeah and they did the first regularly produced 3d animated show and continued that trend with many of the other shows that they made why does no one know like walt disney makes mickey mouse everyone around the world knows who mickey mouse is like early Japanese artists imitate that style and make their own thing and take old paintings and fuse the two and make their own interesting thing. Yeah. But like reboot happens every week, whatever they make an episode, 30 minutes, really cool stuff. Pixar takes like year years to make a single movie and like nobody knows about reboot. What's up with that? Why is that a thing? Why? I mean, 
Toy Story looks much better than Reboot. Does it, though? Yes. <laughs> Even the first one? It really, really does. Even the first one compared to, like, the later seasons? I don't know what the line is. <laughs> Later seasons look like, I mean, but I think my answer is going to be yes. <laughs> They're around about the same time as well. Yeah. Anyway, TV and movies are two different situations. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if part of it was that uh, it was easier to kind of get people into an hour and a half, hour, 45 minute movie that was done in CG, but not as easy to convince them that for whatever bizarre reason a half an hour or really 20 minute CGI animated show was also worth watching. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, my extended answer would be there are still 3d animated movies being made, but are there still 3d animated shows being made? Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask this only question. I think like Ninja, the current Ninja Turtles is CG. Yes. A bunch of other, I mean, I don't watch as many cartoons as I used to. Yeah, it wasn't like everything went CG, certainly, but there are some out there. I mean, there's also elements like where different shows will be produced and it will be done with 3D models, but then it'll be rendered in such a way to make it look more like it's hand drawn, but it's still obviously 3D models mm-hmm. that are being used. Yeah, I just wonder if maybe the trend just didn't catch on because it wasn't like. Reboot, of course, was fairly stylized, but at the same time, like I've seen a little bit. Like I haven't seen the actual cartoon, but I mean, in um, whatever pop culture commentator I'm watching on YouTube at the moment, or one of them somewhere, talked about the turtles and like the newest reboot. I think it might have been Gaijin Goomba actually talking about how authentically ninja-like they are, and like the clips of the newer series looks very very stylized whereas reboot had its own style sure but like i want to say and maybe this is just my nostalgia brain kicking in but like looked fairly photorealistic caveat for the time yeah well i think the interesting thing is nothing that i can remember anyway looks quite like reboot does mm-hmm because, like, I have to assume, based on the time, they were pushing the technology to as far as they absolutely could to make the show. Mm-hmm. That is an assumption I'm making. I have a quote here about the development of Reboot. This is from Wikipedia as well. Reboot initially was conceived in 1980 by British creative collective The Hub, made up of John Grace, Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, and Phil Mitchell. Uh, Ian Pearson and Gavin Blair, I believe, continued on with the show. The other two, I don't think, did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, because here we go. The latter two moved to Vancouver to develop the series there. Pearson and Blair by this time had created some of the first widely seen CGI characters in the Dire Straits music video. Technology was not yet advanced enough to make the show in the desired way. 3D animation tests began in earnest in 1990 and Reboot achieved its detailed look by 1991. Production continued on future episodes and the show aired in 1994 after enough episodes had been produced. They did a year of testing. Wow. They did three years to make, I don't know, a season, two seasons worth of episodes. Man. At this time, no other company had worked on a 3D animation project of the scale and the software used was new to all in the company. Reboot was created on Silicon Graphics workstations using Autodesk soft image software. I think Silicon Graphics were the same machines that Pixar used. 
Hmm. All right. But like it a little bit embraced the look of early CGI. It sort of avoided the uncanny valleys thing where everything look, yeah. looks just creepy. <laughs> but it was like that kind of like overly shiny look or like mm. when you'd see wet stuff or like like Mouse's hair or Andrea's hair. Yeah. That sort of texture. That was very early CGI and they just kind of used it. Yeah. As a look. Yeah. And you know, the faces are you know, it's it's you could kind of see the polygons, but like that's part of the charm, I think. Yeah. And they smoothed that out over the seasons. Oh yeah. And it's not like when we were growing up we were like, Oh, there's such charm in the like, like this was like an advanced looking show when it came out yeah still nothing looks quite like it mm-hmm. i remember this from uh when my younger brother was growing up he would watch a show called action man i believe and i think it was i think that's also my frame entertainment <laughs> yeah okay that explains a lot because i remember it being 3d animated and i remember it like maybe because honestly maybe because the characters like had more realistic flesh tone or something but it did for me, anyway, it kind of did cross into the Uncanny Valley, whereas that was never a problem with Reboot, just because... Everyone was green. Yeah, or purple, or silver, or whatever. Not flesh colors. Yeah. Action Man is a Canadian CGI, yada, yada, yada. Written and performed by Saban Enter... No, that's not what I want. Tell me! Saban. I want to know who made it. Mainframe. There we go. It was mainframe <laughs> okay, entertainment yeah. again. Okay. Um, yeah, and I was about to say, I, I can think of many examples that looked like Reboot, but guess what? They were all made by mainframe entertainment. <laughs> oh, what? Like Beasties, uh, Shadow Raiders, yeah. Weirdos, all those shows that I mentioned, all made by mainframe and all kind of had the characteristic elements that seem familiar to Reboot. Even though they have slightly different art styles, like the style of animation looks similar. Yeah. No. Output for two, like the the premise is like a Pixar movie. What if computers had feelings? <laughs> yeah. What if they're little people in computers, and then when you played a game, it like invaded their world. Like that's a Pixar plot, and that's great. And it's not Tron. <laughs> yeah, it's Tron. No, it's it's not it's Tron. Tron. Because we never saw the user's point of view and the user would be us maybe maybe we're about to uh let's try to put off some talk of the new show for a bit guys (laughs) oh boy (laughs) but i mean you're not wrong you didn't see the user now one thing that i found interesting doing the research for this and parts of it I'd, i'd known from past interest in the show this part i didn't know though apparently the entire show the entirety of the show from like episode one to of season one to the end of season four supposed to take place over a week whoa like a week in real time because remember they're inside a computer things happen faster there's an episode where enzo visits the clock room Mm -hmm. and he makes himself smarter by making everyone else dumber by literally slowing everyone else down he adjusts the clock speed of his computer which at the time was a thing you could do if you had like a an early pentium there was a turbo button and why you didn't always press it i don't know because all that did was like increase the clock speed of your computer it was early overclocking i guess but built it yeah where was i going with this something about oh man i don't remember where i was going with this someone else take the wheel yeah see the user take the wheel okay it was just like 
Something that at the time a lot of people did play computer games, mm-hmm. but seen from the opposite side. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's where the idea of a reboot began, or if it's like, what if you lived in the computer and you had to keep pretending to be the villain in all these stupid games that the, the person playing on the computer was uh, was playing? <laughs> and the games themselves gave a lot of interest from episode to episode. Yeah. Because you'd always have a different style of action slash adventure in uh, in each episode. Yeah, I mean that's that's really where the the heart of the show came from, right? Because like there's everything else happening in mainframe, all the stuff going down with like hexadecimal and her antics or megabyte and his schemes, but then the games would come in out of nowhere sometimes, and everyone would just freak out because, lest we forget, if the user wins. Didn't that, like, nullify the sector the game fell into or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. There were stakes. Yeah. So I guess that if you are too good at computer games, you destroy your computer. Is what the show is really all about. <laughs> I mean, the idea, I guess, was that you weren't... In the show, it was destroying things. But in real life, it's just, like, zeroing out the data. Right. So it's not really that bad. And it's also, I don't know, it's weird because you're taking this abstract concept and making it a thing. Yeah. But there is a moment in the show where you get to see the user and it's like really goofy. It was like a live action? Kind of. Oh, like in the Lego movie? (laughs) It's very brief, but it's kind of like that. Okay. So what happens is there's a moment in the show when it's like, oh my goodness, if this one sector goes offline, we're screwed over. Like, that's it for mainframe. And Bob is like, well, wait, why don't we let the sector get destroyed? It's like, what? That's crazy. We're all going to die if you do that. It's like, right, but what if the user restores the computer? And everyone's like, what? Anyway, so game happens, (laughs) gets destroyed. Mainframe's like falling apart. They have all these really cheesy scenes with references to other properties. There's like Indiana Jones (laughs) running away from the eight ball that falls off of Bob's house. There's like the sailor scouts on top of a building. The building collapses. Uh, and then it cuts to a scene in front of a computer screen and it's like disk error or something like reboot. And the user's like, ah, oh, geez. And he's like, yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there are, there are moments when the user comes up. That's like the only one that I can think of, though. Yeah, I think that speaks to the comedic angle the show often uh, took. One of the reasons why it was so fondly remembered by those who remember it. Like the uh, fan writer and fan site creator slash archivist, Time Sprite, a.k.a. Neek, N-I-Q-U-E, who uh, made the site The Turing System, hey. which is like a site where you can find a bunch of links to other, or could find a bunch of links to other reboot fan sites, which are now just linking to empty websites. Oh boy, they've been nullified. Oof, yes. But uh, at the top of the site, the Turing system, there's a little bit of text and it says that Reboot is, because it was written at the time and I don't think it's been updated for like going on something like 16, 17 years, one of the wittiest and most techie clever animated series to come along. The show attracted an appreciative adult audience. The inside jokes were numerous and hilarious, despite ABC airing it on its Sat AM cartoon lineup. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was definitely something that I had 
written down as well. Like one of the bits of the why is definitely the humor. And I don't know if a lot of shows at the time were very referential. Like we didn't have Family Guy yet. That hadn't come up. The Simpsons at that point had also not really done that. The Simpsons was in its golden age. Supposedly. According to many. (laughs) I think most of the uh, references in The Simpsons at that point were like very, very subtle. Like sort of shot for shot redos of famous scenes or like little sight gags in the background kind of thing. But not out and out in the same way that they were with the reboot. Yeah. Not necessarily talking 100% high level jokes here. (laughs) <laughs> we're talking about a character named dot matrix hey which i believe oh. is straight out of space balls wait really? really i mean her name was her name was dot. At the very least it was a very early printer that was super noisy yep the character in space balls was named dot matrix oh man <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's something i learned today <laughs> But like you couldn't, like everyone in that show had like a ridiculous name or like a like a something that referenced technology and computers and stuff like that. Yeah. Successful Megabyte Hack and Slash Ray Tracer, Mike the TV, <laughs> referencing the technology of television. Yep. I have a question about Andrea. Okay. Was her name ever written out in the show so that you could understand her name was a pun? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I feel like I didn't realize till way after. I mean, 90s television shows had this habit of listing the information at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the reboot episode, it would show you the title and who wrote it and all that other stuff. And in there, when there were episodes about Andrea, they would spell it out. A-N-D-R, capital A, capital I, A. (laughs) because <laughs> she's an AI uh, uh, oh. yeah I just got that when I was doing the uh, research <laughs> All right. to be totally honest guys the first time I noticed the real thing I've learned today is apparently I'm a reboot fan oh boy oh what well I mean <laughs> comparatively at the very least <laughs> I mean yeah relatively speaking I mean I watched a bunch of it, but I certainly didn't have any concept of, like, any kind of arc that was happening. I remember not watching it for a year and turning it on, and then Enzo was, like, a grown man, and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) And they got sucked into the web. Oh, yeah, the web. Yeah. And then they had to deal with websites instead of games or something, I don't remember, but... The web's, like, 75 more seasons right there, you know? You can just keep going. Yeah. Might get a little gimmicky. Well, you can only watch Enzo uh, fight the gif of the dancing baby for so long. I forget if there was a dancing baby. There were other, like, weird web things. Any rotating skulls? No. Oh, man, yeah. I was thinking if any of the other characters had silly names, but I can't... They mostly just, like, lampshaded a few other things. And they were more making references to games and, and the like than they were to be like, this is Yahoo, and this is Google. And... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. There was a guy who was just he wasn't an impression of anyone from Star Trek but was a, all about Star Trek. Like he he was he had like Picard's shirt on with the pips. Mm-hmm. And he's 
I remember somebody going, all you said was engage. He's like, I actually said make it so more than I said engage. <laughs> but it was just like, I said something just a Star Trek fan. I mean, there was but, there was also like a Shatner character yeah. who regularly showed up. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, all right. They ripped off Spaceballs. Yeah, that's that's crappy. They, I mean, they may off, not have. I mean, I, th- but, I think they kind of did. Yeah. But like, what was novel about that at the time? And this is probably going back to Z, like why you might watch Toy Story and not Reboot is. Reboot, and, and this is also tying back to what you said, G. Reboot was a show that was about things inside a computer doing computery things. And yeah, there was some plot that was cool that made sense when you bring it from the real world into the computer world but fundamentally it was like would mention and reference and even full-on explain concepts in computery terms that were maybe slightly approachable and some that just don't make any sense a zip board has nothing to do with anything (laughs) (laughs) so it's not a zip drive it's not a compression thing it's just a it's got a computer name but like when they visited the web that was not too dissimilar from you know, actually going to the web. You had to, like, open the firewall to let yourself get out yeah. to the web. Firewall. Firewall. I don't know if this was intentional. It was a kid's show, so I assume that it was. When they're on the web, they needed to protect themselves or they'd be corrupted by the web. Oh, man. Whoa. <laughs> Prescient. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually think it was web creatures lived on the web, so and they would, like, yeah. suck the life out of people. Still true. Yeah. <laughs> How's it that we've talked this far and not mentioned like hexadecimal and megabyte? I know, right? That is a very good question. Classic villains. Yeah. You've got like lawful evil and chaotic evil. Yeah. Yeah, like your classic binary of villains. I wasn't intending to make that kind of fun, but here we are. Yeah, you know, you have the mastermind and then you have the insane nut. Mm-hmm. Who are more connected than they think. I mean, they were. I say they're like fairly memorable characters. I, it's hard to judge based on the show I watched growing up. But yeah. like for a kid's show, the writing was like pretty good. It didn't feel like edutainment at any point. <laughs> no, and I don't think educating was the goal. I think it was just like a side effect. Just like, well, we're we're in this world. Let's explain the world. But yeah, it wasn't like, okay, kids, this is what a megabyte is. Yeah, like, I remember it being, like, like it was one of the clever shows I watched every time, for sure. Yeah. There's a fun quote that I, I read in a Vice article. Uh, Everything I learned from Reboot, the 90s kid show that predicted the future. <laughs> the author had said this, Rather brilliantly, the larger concepts explored on the show were on pulse with then-current and even future tech developments. Search engines, protected IP addresses, Photoshop as a canvas for underground artists infectious software such as trojans online monsters gatekeepers and moderators even the infiltration of swag into public consciousness which now makes me want to know where they used swag in uh the show yeah i think the thing i remember concretely learning from reboot was when enzo has his birthday and then i'm pretty sure it goes from <laughs> 01 to 10 <laughs> of fun bits like that they didn't like explain it no. but like i remember like looking it up or something like that reading about it this might even take one whole second 
<laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Man, I must say, Enzo's classic catchphrase of alphanumeric <laughs> bears a passing resemblance to Finn's early Adventure Time catchphrase, mathematical. Yeah. I mean, the relation kind of works in the other direction. <laughs> it's true. You know, time zero, all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did have some other stuff about the show, but I wanted to also figure out how long we wanted to go with or without mentioning the upcoming remake, remote, reimagining, whatever you want to call the new thing. Uh, There's a new thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to speculate on why people might like this thing that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> but, like, it is part of Reboot. Right. Yes. Yes. You know what? Maybe we'll save that for a Minnesota, actually. All right. Or, like, an interview with a certain someone. Oh, I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to watch it. Uh, I was chatting with him a little earlier, and he said that he wasn't sure if he could bring himself to watch it. So, okay. Oh, I've got to get a reaction from him now. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. One of the, the things that I find interesting, too, about Reboot, we talked about the show, a little bit about the characters, which we'll probably come back to, talking about the early 90s on television. Hey, have you guys heard of censorship? <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that? Yeah, we don't have that today. We've got all Never the... Never heard of it. All the boobs and willies that we want. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I found interesting doing the research, because I vaguely remember hearing about this and not really thinking much of it. There is, in Canada, an organization called the BSNP. What does that stand for, Nick? Broadcast Standards and Practices. Oh, man, you've got me covered. Yeah, so there's that organization responsible for some aspect of Canadian programming, and uh, it actually caused a lot of problems with the production of the show. Hmm. For example, you know, they made character models for all the characters, and Dot, representing like a female character had breasts that's outrageous that's outrageous <laughs> so to appease the bs and p as an example they gave her a mono breast ah uh, yeah don't gotta worry about cleavage there huh exactly until later seasons when either the demographic of the show changed or the time slot or whatever i think they were off of abc at that point oh okay yeah that could be it yeah so that's when they were able to make other changes but there was this one fun quote also from wikipedia in the episode talent night one scene of dot giving her brother enzo a sisterly kiss on the chin was cut due to bs and p's fear of promoting incest an insinuation which pearson described as one of the sickest things i've heard oh man uh okay that is particular yeah and i think even in show there's uh in that same episode there's a group of people that are supposed to represent the village people. Yep. And they, they sing a song about the BSNP, about how it's fun to play in a nonviolent way. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> what if the people who made the Lego movie made a reboot movie? <laughs> well, they're not working on Han Solo anymore, so they're free. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and I'll check that out, trust me. Okay. <laughs> I believe you, G. Oh, man. I thought it was interesting in the show how they... Gee, you had mentioned that when you were watching it, there didn't seem to be any particular arcs or anything like that. 
It's up that there weren't. I didn't notice them. Oh, okay. I don't know if I was watching out of order or if they were airing them out of order. Maybe they were running in syndication when I saw them. But mm. I didn't know that arcs were happening if they were happening. That's fair. I think it wasn't until like the second season where they really started to throw plot points into motion. Hmm. Yeah. Because the first season is just like, this is the world and here's the characters and here are the relationships between the characters. And then in the second season, they start like setting things up. And then the third and fourth seasons are like, yeah, there's stuff going in a line. This is where a plot's going. Yeah. But it's interesting because I didn't find this out when I was doing the research. And I don't know if either of you had found out either. But there were like many things that were very clearly set up or available to be set up in early seasons that somehow played out at the end of the show. Oh. Well, like, for example, the relationship between Hexadecimal and Megabyte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, there's an episode where they fuse together and become Gigabyte. Oh, man, yeah. But you're like, ah, oh, well, that's neat. I guess that's because of that web thingy. But then in, like, season four, it's like, actually, this is how Bob and Hexadecimal and Megabyte actually fit together. Like, they're not just some random characters in some random computer. Mm-hmm. It's all purposeful. Yeah. I don't know how that got set up, but it came together. If they did two seasons before the first episode even aired, then they probably had a pretty good idea of what they wanted to do with it. That's fair. I could tell once they were off ABC, it was like they were off to the races. Yeah. It became a more mature show than it had been. Yeah. I think that's when they just leaned into like having full arcs. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that was at least partially intentional. If, like, for no other reason than to sort of grow up with the viewers. Mm-hmm. In the same way that the Harry Potter books did. Yeah, like, I think that's exactly it. And that kind of uh, that kind of move always has a lot of appeal. Because then, like, there's this thing you loved when you were, like, maybe 11 or 12 or 10 or 9. And then you can keep watching it sort of into the early days of high school and not feel like you've got to hide it away necessarily. This is the user JC Riots on the reboot subreddit regarding the trailers and the idea that it will perhaps not continue the continuity of the original show. They say never recompile your heroes. Their checksums never equal their read-only files. Oh my goodness. I hope someone out there enjoyed this. I did. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yay. <laughs> the only person who matters. Me. <laughs> oh boy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Is it time to move on? Is it time to reboot the system? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what are you thinking? Communism? Capitalism? Socialism? Uh... I don't know. I, I'm going to reserve judgment until I can deliver my verdict. Uh, right, we'll deliver your verdict then. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, then. I will uh, deliver my verdict on this fandom. I got to say, going through the research, talking about it now on this show here today with you two, it definitely did rekindle a lot of fond memories of watching the show. I feel like I never saw all the way to the end because I kept coming across sentiment that part of the reason why people were so disappointed with the guardian code and what the trailers suggest it's going to be like basically power Rangers plus some VR. So like 
VR troopers, I guess. A lot of people were kind of outraged because there was like a cliffhanger in the last season. And the big cliffhanger from my memory was Enzo and Andrea getting sucked into the net, which I thought got solved, but... You are behind. <laughs> yeah, maybe I got to go back and watch some, but uh, I I don't know. I think I I think I might do that because like I don't know how much about computers I learned about the show, but I feel like I learned a lot about pop culture. I definitely very very vividly remember the Mad Max episode. Oh yeah, and the episode that was on like a train, and the episode where I'm pretty sure they were. Not like a King's Quest kind of game, but like an EverQuest sort of thing where Bob was like a thief and he had a butter knife. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. Like I, I totally remember all these little details. Okay. I just happen to have looked this up. It's not because I remember it because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> or rather, I'm not that. I didn't think I was that much of a fan. Uh, I think that episode is Wizards, Warriors, and a word from our sponsor. <laughs> yes, where Mike the TV is the warrior. Oh, yeah. And Bob's like, and I was like, this will be some kind of mistake. He can't be the hero. Mm-hmm. But he was. What? And they all had to work together as a team. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> Wait, one and all, all in one. That's the key. Hey. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, got some fond memories. I don't know if I'd go back and watch it. I One, I don't know how, if that's even possible, aside from some perhaps uh shady memes but but i think i would come back because i did find this one quote on reddit saying it was in a a post why the new trailer both excites and annoys me to no end and the original poster notes that reboot took the whole idea of you know it's the story that takes place in a digital world which admittedly is kind of you know cheesy and implausible but like managed to build this world around it and managed to do so between goofy kind of like parody episodes and grimdark Enzo and all that sort of stuff by bringing together like a deep multifaceted digital world with its own sense of stakes, heartbreak, familial themes, and epic showdowns between heroes and villains. And like that, I really do agree with. I have nothing but like 20 plus year old memories to go off of, but like that definitely sounds right. That definitely resonates with what I remember of the show. So I don't know if I'd go all the way back to episode one, season one and start from there. I'd probably maybe go with like episode one, season two or something, but I don't think I'm going to be participating in any of the alternate universe fan fiction that's out there. Like what if, uh, Enzo and Andrea came back as viruses, or what if uh, from My Two Bobs, the Megabyte Bob? Like, I don't even know if this was a thing. The Megabyte Bob was somehow stuck as Bob because Glitch oh, yep. fused with him or something. And, like, he had to keep up that charade. What if that was an alternate universe? I don't think I'm going to be writing any fanfic or joining the Reddit or anything, but, like, it does seem like a story that might be neat to revisit you know when uh, this this age of endless new good tv finally ends <laughs> it's coming <laughs> <laughs> so in short i'm gonna say that i'm in i mean right. that doesn't really reflect what you said but yeah cool i'll write that down <laughs> 
I am half in, half out. I mean, <laughs> things have been pretty well established that you're basically whatever you say you are, regardless of <laughs> pre or post amble. But uh, yeah, I, I have similar sentiments to Z. I mean, I remember it fondly. I don't remember all this arc stuff, and I'm very intrigued by it. So I'd like to find out kind of how it went down. I didn't get to really see the more serious version of Reboot, which definitely appeal to me more now. So I'm definitely interested in, in going back and checking out what I missed when I was younger. As far as I can tell, 90% of the reboot subreddit is about like why the trailer for the show is terrible, <laughs> what they should do instead, why isn't this specific thing in here, how they could change this thing to make it more like the old reboot. And so I just like I just saw like a whole bunch of that. I'm like everyone's being really cynical. Yeah. And they need to like take a chill pill and then I watch the trailer and I'm like I mm, you know what? It's not for me anymore. If I was a kid right now, then yes. I don't know how they would do both. I don't know how they would appeal to the people who are fans of it because they grew up with it and also appeal to kids now, because kids now don't probably know what reboot is unless their parents showed it to them. It's possible that it's totally not for the fans. It is for a new generation. It's also kind of possible that it's trying to get the kids interested and then it's going to pull in the parents later on with, like, references. I mean, I didn't quite get to it, but, like, really, really quickly, I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that the new series is, like, the user's perspective. No, stop. Stop talking about the new but series. Stop it, you anyway, monsters. I'm jumping out of this. Stop. That's it. Oh, <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Okay. To briefly interject your verdict, G. Yes. All I was going to say is, from everything that I have read, without us talking about what would be a perfect topic for a minisode, <laughs> the new show is effectively almost entirely unrelated to the original series. Yeah. They've said the characters make cameos. Yeah. But like, fine. But it's not for me. I'm too old for it, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm definitely interested in going back and rewatching what I mentioned the original series. I mean, the original series is still there, you guys. Yeah. It's still there. You guys watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'd have to say, because I'm, I'm going to consider watching some of the future that I am in. All right. Looks like we got a turkey, folks. Hey. Because I'm also in. Because apparently <laughs> by doing this episode, I learned that I am substantially a fan using the patented Nick method, where you compare your <laughs> Nickness to the other Nickness in the surrounding region. <laughs> I've learned that I am more of a fan than the two of you, which means I must be more of a fan than most people because we're all fans of stuff. Which means you are a fan. Yeah. Oh, hey. But... To provide a more earnest answer, a more descriptive answer, to do research for the show, this is one of the few times that I was like, hey, let's actually watch something. Hey. And I made the time to do that. And I watched two or three episodes from the first or second season. And hmm. it held up. It was still fun. I remembered a lot of stuff. But even when I was talking about the show with the two of you today, I remembered a whole bunch of things that the two of you did not <laughs> i had seen more than the two of you had seen mm -hmm. and i realized how fondly i must have enjoyed reboot and so i would say i'm definitely in 
I think I'm the only one among the three of us who's seen it in its entirety. Yeah, it's so like, true. I, I know what Z's talking about when he says Megabyte Bob. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, yeah, because in the season finale of season two, when Megabyte crushed Glitch, he like took a bit of the code inside him. And oh, then he was man. on the web and he got corrupted. But then he came back and pretended to be Bob so that people would think that he's Bob. And that's the whole point of the like short mini movie, My Two Bobs. <laughs> I am my two bobs. Yeah, I guess season four was literally yeah. just like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, man. yeah, I'm in. Unequivocally, I would say that I'm in. And since the two of you are also in, have I got something to tell you about this week's non-spotlight? Ooh. Spotlight. <laughs> so I uh, talked to Captain Capacitor, and he directed me. <laughs> I got to cram as many references in as possible, people. <laughs> I couldn't find a spotlight this week because, uh, as mentioned, this is kind of like a micro-fandom. There's not as much of a presence as in the past and possibly ever would be interesting to look at historically. And I couldn't find any charities, I couldn't find any fan events, couldn't find anything. But I did find something that coincidentally just came up in the news very, very recently, which I think both of you will be interested in. I will include it in the show notes, but it will be of probably no use by the time this episode is aired. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Today, in fact, right now, if you weren't watching us on Twitch, you could be going to twitch.tv slash shoutfactorytv, where they are marathoning all of Reboot. As you may have heard me mention earlier, Shout Factory is the company that acquired the rights for Reboot and released it on DVD, so obviously you can go and buy the DVDs. But right now, probably because the new show is coming out, you can go to their Twitch channel and you can watch all of Reboot. In fact, I checked out the channel before we started just to see if it had already started and yes it has man i'm missing it right now yeah ah! it's like live tv oh no it's the terror of live tv <laughs> it's live tv yeah i think it's like a stream oh okay yeah that's what evan does hey yeah. tv broadcaster <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you can check that out right now. Uh, I don't know if they're airing them sequentially. I don't know if they're going to show all of them or just show a bunch of the first or second seasons. But uh, you can check that out. And if not, I think they still have a Twitch channel for other stuff. So maybe there's stuff you want to check out. And if you want to check out more of this show, please head on over to fantapological.com. All our episodes are available there as well as iTunes and uh, all good podcatchers near you. Like us, love us, rate us, review us, get us at people's eyeballs and ear holes. Uh, Make people aware of us, to put it nicely. If you are enthusiastic about the show, we are at the Next Cast on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Vero. Anywhere on the net you can be at something, we are at the Next Cast. And also, if you are currently listening to this in podcast form, Thank you very much. And you might also want to consider dropping in on us when we record these things live. Normally, that happens Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but stay tuned to that Twitter to find out if that changes. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. We're trying to get more guests on the show these days, and that means that sometimes schedules shuffle around. We had one lined up for this episode, 
Unfortunately, they couldn't make it, but we are planning to do a little something special later on with them about Reboot. Nonetheless, if you want to come here and see us record this thing live, join us in the chat, add your thoughts as we're talking, ask us questions on the air, take the episode in directions that you want to see, you can do so if you just pop twitch.tv slash the next cast into your address bar and join us usually mondays but always at 8 p.m eastern time most of the time <laughs> always wednesdays always 8 p.m some of the time most of the time <laughs> man this is like the one night of like ever where we for sure would get nobody coming on twitch Oh, for a reboot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Unfortunately, oh, boy. Uh, I mean, maybe people cool. are like, "Hey, I wonder if other people are talking about the show that I love." Yeah, yeah, in the chat next to the rewatch of reboot. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been watching the chat myself. Uh, viewer count keeps jumping up to two, and then one, and then you know, two, and then one. So uh, eh, there's something going on there. Something going on. That's fine. If you join us, you can also participate in the perhaps favorite section of the show, the famous last words. last words. That's right. The famous last words where KBBL gives me something stupid. That's right. No, the famous last words are the part where we say something, make a statement, ask a question before we do the research for next week. And as you mentioned, you can also be part of that if you're in the chat. If you're not, well, you can, like G had mentioned earlier, send something to Nick at the next And if it comes in on time, maybe we'll do the research. Depends if your email is by the speed of binomes or by the speed of horses. But next week, we are going to be talking about retro gaming, hopefully with a guest. We have a guest lined up. We'll see how that turns out. So, esteemed colleagues, what are your famous last words about retro gaming? All right. So. Mm -hmm. A trend I've noticed is that classic rock still means the same music that it did 20 years ago. Okay. And I'm wondering if retro gaming is the same. Does retro gaming expand as systems get older? Or does retro gaming mean the first couple of generations of home... Not even home, just of video game consoles. I realize... That I'm going to find quite a few different definitions during the research, but I'm interested to find out. I intend to find out. <laughs> oh my, I just figured it out. Uh, you like low-key slid it in there, so I hadn't picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well played. See, you look like you're struggling over there. I am. I'm trying to come up with something here. I guess you know everything already. I I know. Oh. All right, I'm going to slide in before Z gets the chance. Go for it. I want to know, as far as retro gaming goes, how important is the collecting aspect of it? Because we've talked about some different fandoms in the past. I think in particular Coca-Cola or Christmas. And Coca-Cola was more so on the side of collecting. Mm -hmm. Even Barbie was also more so on the side of collecting. Mm -hmm. But there were mm -hmm. other aspects to that fandom. I want to know what more there is beyond the collecting. Because it can't just be collecting and nostalgia. There's got to be more. Because it's expensive. Mm. People don't do expensive things just because. <laughs> because, just man, you can buy that game that's super cheap now, but in 10 years it's like worth $3,000 and sell it off and make all the monies. But you don't do that. That's not what fans do. 
They just have them. I was literally reading an article today, coincidentally, Ooh. about Pat the NES punk. Apparently yeah. someone who makes like six figures a year having like a pseudo midlife crisis. Because he's like, ah. I have these games and I kind of love them, but it's my work now. It's like work. What do I do? Oh, man. Like it's, it's an interesting article. It's on Wired.com. So it's got to be more than just collecting because he doesn't collect them and just sell them. Mm-hmm. That's not his deal. And that's what I presume is not everyone's deal. So what is it? What is it? Tell me. Reveal to me your <laughs> secrets. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take that big old chunk OY that we usually deal with through uh, the bulk of the show. Cut. Cut a little slice off. Serve it up as my famous last words. What I want to know is why people bother making their own NES or SNES carts. People are still making games for the NES and Super Nintendo. And sometimes it's like a flash drive kind of thing, kind of situation, rather than an actual like chipboard and all that. But like people make these games and then put them onto some form of hardware that can be played in like an original NES or an original SNES. Why do they go that extra mile? Why not just make the game and then say to everybody in the world, hey, download the simulator, download my game. All right. Zohar's domain. <laughs> oh, man. Zohar's domain. We must have made like a whole two cents at this point from helping those guys out. Oh, we should be getting kickbacks <laughs> from Zohar at this point. <laughs> we should... Uh try to go up for some award everybody will vote for us because they have to to get to those roms on zohar's domain <laughs> for reference it's zofar z-o-p-h-a-r right. uh, and they have a twitter <laughs> what <laughs> they have a patreon what okay that is madness Stop everything. Zofar's domain. Zofar's domain is creating the world's oldest console and OS emulation thing. Man. All right. Well, it looks like we've uh, got something to look into. That is an instant follow. Bam. <laughs> man, oh, man. What is the history of Zofar's domain? I was always a cool ROMs guy myself. But, uh... <laughs> MU Paradise was all right. Appreciate Zofar. Cool ROM still exists. Why? MU Paradise still exists. What world am I living in? <laughs> it's MU Paradise's 18th birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Like yesterday. Literally yesterday. <laughs> ah. oh, man. As you can tell, uh, everyone <laughs> listening, watching, next week is going to be a pretty good show. I'm just going to look at old ROM sites that are apparently still active. <laughs> I don't understand. You know what? We'll figure that out next episode. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.